I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Welcome to the final episode of uh, Season 3 of Sports 360 Podcast. My name is Adiemi Atisoya. As always, we thank you for sticking with us all through the season. Uh, I still... Listen back to the Q&A uh, episode we had. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for the responses that we've gotten all season. We love you and we hope that um, you stick with us for many, many more seasons. As I said earlier, my name is Adi and this is the Sports360 Podcast. I am not alone. I have my co-host here. Devola Gubono is here. Devola, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Good to be here again. And of course, my boss is Somewhere in the box. Borogutu is here. Welcome, Borogutu. How are you today? Uh, I'm fine. Head is clear. Voice is clear. Uh, then the fellas are going on well. But yeah, I know we'll get to that later. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. yes. It's, good to, it's, it's good to see the end of another season of um, this fascinating series. Let me start with your team. What were they thinking? Trying to throw a spanner into a well-laid walk. Aston Villa, by the way. What are they thinking? I, I, look, I, I think uh, what, what, um, what we saw on that final day um, just encapsulates the frustration <laughs> of many Aston Villa fans. <laughs> um, frustration? Remember the game against... Yeah, frustrations, yes. Because um, it, it, you see what the team is capable of and then you see what they really are. Um, against Wolves, against Spurs, against, and against Man City, how do you, how, how, how can you feel to defend a two-goal lead with 15 minutes left to play? It was worse against, against Wolves, if you remember Villa Park, I think it was 10 minutes I was left to play when they collapsed from the two-goal um, um, uh, and considered three goals uh, to, uh, and, and lost the game. Uh, you also see some games that they play well, only, only to let in a soft goal. Um, I, I like the fact, the fact that the coach threw himself on, under the bus. He said, uh, he, he, he said he pulled the trigger and he changed too soon. Mm. Now, my, my question was, how do you think it is wise to change a system that I worked for you that I give you two, goal, two comfortable goals and you are causing a victory? Why would you change that system? But I, I feel that, um, um be inexperienced. Uh, the team has, well, yeah, most likely it's mm. a learning curve. Um, so we will see where it goes next season, but I'm, I'm happy though that, uh, it didn't go according to script. I, I, I was told by several people that, hey, just go to city and die, collect four goals, five goals, and just let us enjoy and win in peace. Oh, yes. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, or it, 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 it didn't end the way I wanted it to end. Look, let, let's be honest. I don't care about Liverpool or City. But <laughs> I, I care that, I care that with, with a, a shock, Right in front of that Villa team, the collapse are handed City the title. I wish they'd won that game, uh, but it is what it is. It is what it is. So, that being said, Premier League review, it's been an excellent season. I think the last day of the season, I'll come to Demola now, just buttresses how much of an exciting league the Premier League you know, is. Yes, you're probably not a fan of some of the way they you know, they cover the league and whatever, but that last day, you know, the entire 
every single minute mm. of what happened just demonstrates how excited the Premier League is. Very, very exciting compared to the other three or four major leagues, except for uh, Serie A, that uh, we had to wait for the final day to see who uh, the Serie A champions were going to be. But go back to the English Premier League. I mean, we had to wait for who the winner of the title was going to be. Uh, top four positions being jostled for, who was going to get relegated, and a few uh, conference league places too, you know, it just throws up the excitement everywhere. I saw some mem, you know, here and there about, you know, some people throwing shades at other leagues, especially the La Liga, where uh, their own crown champion that been known um, weeks ago, you know, in the English Premier League, you never get anything like that, you know, down to the wire. And the mere fact that it's just a point separating uh, one and two, and how the drama unfolded at Villa Park and at uh, City. Uh, it's good to see <laughs> uh, Pep Guardiola, <laughs> you know, because you never seen that all kind of emotional, day, all emotional that day. You know what? That's what the excitement of uh, the English Premier League throws throws at us, and uh, what a day it was. All right, so let me switch to Bordeaux now. So, would you say that um, compared to other leagues? The Premier League is truly competitive. And, and I want us to look at it from the perspective of outside the first two, the gap between uh, the first two and the also run. So we're talking uh, Man City, Liverpool, and then the gap between them, that's the first two, and the likes of Chelsea, Spurs, and Arsenal. Um, you know, the, the, the thing about, about the Premier League, which, um, fortunately we are not seeing in some other leagues, particularly, particularly the La Liga, is that any team can defeat any team on any day. Now, when you talk about the gap between certain teams, uh, um, I'm not sure. Well, if, if you look at the gap from a financial perspective, it exists across all leagues. The same thing, if you look at the gap between the top team, and let's, let's, let's even say randomly, the 10th or, or the 12th team in, uh, in, um, in, in the area of, uh, the points differential at the end of the season, you notice that it's almost the same in the other major leagues, like the gap is huge. However, what sets the premiership apart is that you get far more upsets than you get in other leagues. Uh, we also, uh, uh, what transpired on, on, on the, on the final day. Within three, within three minutes, Liverpool were go down. And it was looking like, and then, before, before you can say, hello, Aston Villa. Villa were too up. And it was looking like the, the drama that we, we that, um, uh, that we did see on the Fuzzy, Fuzzy were going to see on the last day. The point is, in the Premier, in the Premier League, nothing is guaranteed. Mm. Absolutely nothing is guaranteed. And that's what that, that, that's, that's where that's Monica, the most exciting league in the, in, in the world comes from. Hmm. Because hey, in, in France, it's clear that uh, that um, a PSG are the are, are the lone wolves are at the top. Mm-hmm. Germany, you know the team that that, that it is. Mm-hmm. In, 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 uh, in, even in the La Liga, right now we know the team that is is that 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 that, that we, yeah, we that is, is, is top top dog. It's only in Italy that things seem to have been changing. But then they gave before that, you know, that if you talk about the Italian Championship, there are two or three teams that you can point at. But in the Premiership, you never know what you are going to get on any, you are going to get any weekend. 
and 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 for those who bet, they will tell you that sometimes it's hard to put the money in your pocket. Money on some teams in in the Premier League. So, what what would you what would you consider as one of your main highlights of the season? Ah, now I'm going to shock you. As it is the transition of Patrick Patrick Vieira. Mm, mm, mm. For me, I mean, under the radar, he had quite done a decent job at, at Crystal Palace. Mm. I remember the first uh, two three games when it looked like he was it was in, in will over his head. Yeah, and then look at where they ended up now. Mm. That for me has got to be uh, that that for me has got to has got to be to be one of the stories of the season. Mm. Of course, um, uh, the fans of Newcastle will tell you that they turned they turned things around. Yeah. But that, that, that's after spending spending some some good money, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, um, uh, uh, during the break, so for me, I think my highlight has, has got to be watching Pat Patrick Vieira quietly grow. Well, there's always the circumcision syndrome. Oh yes, because we, 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 we've all been here before. Yeah. So what a Patrick, but what a what Frank Lampard did with uh, with Chelsea. Yeah. In his first season, when, when there was no, there were no transfers because of the European ban, and yet they managed, they, they, they managed to, to, to deliver a decent season and qualify for the Champions League. But then again, the second season came, and we saw we, we saw what happened between uh, 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 with that team. So uh, I'm, I'm cautiously waiting for the second season, but for now, I think it's the growth of Patrick Vieira and what he has brought to. To Crystal Palace, that has been my my highlight. Dora, your highlights for the season. Um, there are a few pointers here and there, highlighted and there. Of course, like you mentioned, Patrick Vieira, but I'm going to tilt towards uh, at Antonio Conte, what he had done with um Spurs, Spurs. and to see them through to getting that Champions League uh, position. It is huge, no matter which way you look at we it. Ninth when they took over, ninth, and then he managed to get to fourth. Uh, you thought Arsenal were going to do it. Manchester United, you know, at some point, but it's it's it, it's it's good to see how slowly, surely, and steadily how Conte, uh, you know, was able to galvanize his his boys and uh, to finally get that uh, top four position. Now the players have, have said that they're telling the management, "We've done our own beat. We've gotten the club to that Champions League position. You need to back this coach up because I think it's threatening that he's going to leave you if he well, gets that, no backup and all that." That's the most Conte anyway. Well, you don't back him if he finds a way out. Yes. Um, low lights, of course. Everybody knows, knows my potential low lights. My low lights is Manchester United. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible season. <laughs> my highlight definitely is uh, Brentford, actually. Mm. I think Brentford have, you know, they're a breath of fresh air into the Premier League. They are. Um, we're one of my teams to go down, but they're a huge highlight for me and uh, like when he said, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the second season comes along. What about you, the one your low lights? Um, Manu has been really, really disappointing, no doubt. And especially with all the bickerings going on in and around the clubs and the ex-players always, t- you know, always having something to say as well. And Ten Hag just got in there and they've been, you know, talking a whole lot of baladash, you know. Let this man settle and do a job. Just, just let let the people be and let them do what they have to do to give you results, you know, as a club. Uh, so, Amaya have been relatively disappointing. Uh, they, they just managed to make it into the into the 
Europa League. Europa League. Uh, if uh, West Ham had won, I think they will have people yeah. to mind you too. So, mind you for me has been really, really uh, disappointing. Yes. But if your low lights for the season. Uh, look, as a Villa fan, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay within my club and say that it was the it was the crashing of the hope. Um, when Gerard came, Villa was on its ear. I think they won four four straight games, mm, so and uh, then they, 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 and then they, 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 they reverted back to four. And those games I mentioned, they were really really painful. You know, um, like I said. What it showed is, look, this is what the team can be when they are consistent. And then you get to see, look, this is what they can be, but this is what they are right mm. now. Uh, also, I, I like the fact that, like last season, Villa are doing their business early. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they've, they've tied down Coutinho, which I, which I think is a major coup. I thought he was gone. It is. With, with, other, with other teams circling and with the, with, the, with the salary that he came with. Um... And then we all knew how how fragile Villa were or Villa are right now. We were the season has ended. Um, when when uh, when when they concede goals, uh, the coach has addressed that. Yeah. But I do, and I, I I also I also like the fact that um, without Villa now seems to be developing um a system where you have two good players in every position. Mm-hmm. All are not covered yet, but the key ones. Defensive midfielder. When the Zambia comes back, you know we have Kamara. Yeah. So between Brandy and Coutinho, so we create between Ings, between Ings and Watkins. If they stay, you know your your um your 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 your, your, your uh, attack is covered. So, but for me, the low, low, low the low point has been watching Villa revert to type. Uh, it's always interesting to read the comments of Villa fans after games or on Twitter. You know. <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted. If you're not a fan, and if if, if you are if you are if, if you are prone to depression, don't go there. I just read it because hey, I've been a football fan uh, almost all my life, and I've been a Villa fan for more than forty years. So uh, it's 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 for me. It's, it's it's always fun. So it's got to be that. The other low point has got to be um, watching uh, a team like Burnley. You know. And when we talk about the 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 the, uh, the, the, diff, the the gap in between the teams, this is where it's, this is where it's painful to watch. It seems like Burnley they punch up they, they punch above their weight, but when it comes when it comes out to the brass tacks, you need money to survive in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So that money that will be gone. That money, Burnley and Norway are going. And then you see uh, it's like City pack millions of pounds of talent on the bench. Hmm. And you keep thinking there's going to be a way that you balance this. For me, that's what it was sad. Look. But again, that like they say, it is football. So there are always small market teams and there are always big market teams. Oh, yes. Uh, and so when, when it happens to a team like Burnley, who I think give, their, give, give it their all and give it their best, um, I think for me, to, to see them go down is sad. And knowing, knowing that they will never get this chance again, but then you never know. You never know. Such things have happened. Yeah, as well. yeah I, I need to add as well. You know, one of my highs is to see Christian Eriksen back oh, playing yeah, football. Yeah. I think uh, it was uh, it was it was some some huge very pressure for Brentford it also is, it in is. Channel, yeah. And we don't know if they if they'll be able to keep him in the, at the end of the season. Uh, Manchester United, Tottenham are locking as well because the quality that Eriksen brings. So it was really good to see. And some of my low. 
point as well where uh, I don't know what um, Zuma was thinking. He and his brother feel, filming that cut in that's not a low point I, I, think, I think it is because they kept dragging this issue they've over exaggerated that matter and um, they did they've taken it far 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 and then far. the Manchester uh, Manchester City defender as well being accused of oh, rape, yeah, Mendy, Mendy, Mendy you know, and uh, Mason Greenwood Mason Greenwood as well yeah, you know so so you know he shouldn't be you know um, mentioned or in, in football circles, these guys need to know better and they have to do better. You know, talking about what uh, Bodo was saying, it's also nice to see that Villa are still producing talent um, coming through the conveyor belt, the likes of Chukwemeka, Jacob Ramsey coming through and, you know, more or less establishing themselves as um, as uh, first team uh, players. Now, looking at the relegation battle, mm. every single team from 20th to the team that finished uh, in 15th, virtually all of them changed their managers. Virtually all of them changed their managers. Norwich changed, got rid of uh, Falker, and brought in Dean Smith after Villa had fired him. Watford had three managers this season, from Cisco to... Uh, Carolina Larry to um, Hudson, um, Newcastle, country of Steve Bruce, brought in Eddie Howe. Michael Jackson is where we was Michael Jackson coach again. took over from uh, Sean Dyche at uh, Burnley. Not the breakdancer. Leeds <laughs> <laughs> uh, fired Marcelo Bayelsa and brought in Jesse, Ma- Jesse yeah. March. Yeah. Uh, Everton got rid of Rafa Benitez and brought in. Frank Lampard. Mm. Basically, what I'm trying to establish is that there are no guarantees. Even mm. if you change your manager at any time. So, I'll come to Buddy. All these guys change their managers, but still, three of these teams still went down. So, it bothers the, it, it eliminates the theory where people say, oh, if this manager was still there, we might have survived relegation. Mm. Look, uh, what I agree, I agree with you that nothing is guaranteed. But also look at the teams that survived and look at what they did. The other, the other teams did not do. But didn't do as much as they did. They spent money. A lot of money. Newcastle spent even much more money. Mm. Everything also improved their squad. The, the ones that didn't spend as much were the ones that were holding their breath on the last day. The likes of Leeds. Mm. For Norwich and Burnley and, the, and the, 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 those ones didn't seem like, I can't remember them making the transfer window. But for, look, Newcastle were rock bottom. Let's remember that. Yeah. And then they spent a lot of money. See where they ended up. Villa also spent money. Not as much as Newcastle, but they did. And yes, maybe uh, uh, they, they didn't finish as as Newcastle, but hey, it guaranteed something. Sometimes spending money does not give you uh, the results you want. Um, uh, and and that, that is only because there can, there can only be one winner. So if 10 of us spend a shitload of money, excuse my language, 
only one team will win it. The other, the, the other night you were asking yourself, what will you do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Just that only one person can win it. Mm. And the same goes for the, the bottom three teams. Uh, it's, it's, look, even, even if all the, the teams within 10th and 20th, if all of them spent a lot of money, three will still go down. Mm. That's for sure. So, yes, while changing my might not guarantee you anything, but there's one thing that does. Spending money in the right places, getting the bounce of the ball sometimes can, can help you. Uh, 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 we'll see, we'll still talk about, about the, about the, about, about the goal that never was against Villa last, Villa a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, yeah, no, yeah, look, it is what it is. Let's, let's, be, let's be part the of, the bounce of the, the, ball, the bounce of the ball, you know, sometimes, uh, um, a, 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 a penalty call or something because, uh, look at, uh, look at what happened in Italy. Roma fans are still saying that if two or three games yeah. have been called correctly against yeah. them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they probably have finished, they finished, uh, uh, got to the Champions League spot. It is, it's a poss- possibility. So there are a lot of factors going to it. So there are no guarantees actually. But one thing is sure. When you spend money the right way, the odds are that certain things will go your way. It's as simple as that. Hmm. Um, do I, what do Chelsea, for a lot of people, Chelsea felt that Chelsea will be, were going to be in the title cushion. Now, we know that the first two seem to be in a world of their own. That's Man City and Liverpool. What do the rest of the top six now, what do they need to do to close that gap and give those two a better run for their money? Um, I don't think um, COVID helped Chelsea's cause. Injury as well to key players. Uh, if you ask Chelsea fans, they'll tell you that uh, them losing Ben Chilwell, you know, and... Even though they have a placement there in um, Marcos Alonso, Marcos Alonso. Um, uh, as well, um, Kante having COVID at some point and then yeah. injury, uh, Kovacic as well. You know, these are the core of uh, Chelsea's uh, uh, players. I, I think that being said, you you look at the likes of uh, Manchester City and the kind of quality they have on the bench. Uh, look at uh, what uh, Klopp did as well, bringing in um, Diaz. The, see, these two coaches in, um, Tukel as well is a fantastic coach, no doubt. But what set, uh, um, Pep and Klopp Pep apart. And Klopp apart is the fact that they know the right time to bring in players that will rejig the other boys to make them sit tight. When they brought in, uh, Diogo Jota last season or thereabout, you saw how Mane, Femino and Salah had to step it up. This time around again, you saw that Jota was a bit dwindling and not, you know, he brought in Diaz and what a, what a revelation he had been for uh, uh, Liverpool. Guardiola now has gone into the market even before the season ended and closed his deal and gotten a striker, a beast of a player in um, Haaland. These are the guys who know that <laughs> psychologically, mentally, before the league even starts, start killing them, you know, start taking out your position, start putting fear in the minds of uh, opposing players. Uh, I think going into this season now, it's really going to be tough. You mentioned six but I still think he's still going to be between those two, Klopp and Pep Guardiola. That's uh, Manchester City, uh, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea will be there and about as well if they do their business right. Uh, the sale of their club and whatnot. Hopefully, they'll get that sorted because we really want to see these guys. Manchester United as well. I think Man, Man you will need maybe one or two windows to sort themselves out. Uh, Arsenal too, you know. And Conte, 
is still there. So it's really, really going to be interesting going into into next season. Okay, so let's, let's uh, as we close up this topic. Um, but then where do we place Pep Guardiola? What's Pep's legacy? He's much maligned, called all sorts of names. Uh-huh. But this is four titles in five years. Uh-huh. I think it's it's something that, you know, he needs to, you know, get his flowers. Look, uh, we had a raging argument about this, uh, about about this um, in the group I'm, I'm, I'm in yesterday. What's exactly Steps' legacy? Yes, four titles in six years. Uh, I want to see in fact, I, I, I was thinking of Galatico to physically examine what exactly Pep has achieved. Um, as, so, so, someone did say to me that, look, you can argue that he hasn't won the, the Champions League, but he's so good that the owners trust him and they have left him in charge. And I'm looking at the percent, okay, four in six years, because they trusted him. Who says that Pellegrini or... Uh, Mancini. Or the former manager. That's exactly. We would not have done the same thing yeah, if they had been left for as long as Pepper had been, had, had been left on the job. The fact is that Pep is spending, spending a lot of money. Look at the strike force he had. Look at what, look, look at what, 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 what he's been able to, uh, able to, able to spread that, spread that on the game. And he has got for one of the best young strikers in Europe. In the game against Villa, look at what he brought off the bench when the chips were down. And this is, this is why for teams like Burnley, for teams like Everton, for teams like Norwich, when you see what these guys bring on, the same thing happened, I think, when Villa played, uh, was in Man City in, in the, was it the FA Cup final or the League Cup final? I can't even remember anymore. Look at the players he brought off the, that, since he brought off the bench when things started getting tough. And this, look, yes, bad players does not guarantee you success because you've got to have the nose to manage them. I put them in the right position, but it helps. You know, um, we are going to a good race. I have a very good Toyota. You have a Ferrari. And I'm <laughs> boasting. We all know how it's going to end. No matter how good a driver you are, when the Ferrari gets into top gear, you know you are done. When the, when the Dodge uh, Challenger starts getting going, <laughs> you know they're starting your prices. You know they're starting your prices going to do. It's good to it's good to be watching uh, watching watching the the, the card disappearing on the on the horizon. So yes, Pep has done well, but I insist, and I know a lot of people will agree. There will be no legacy if he doesn't win the Champions League. Mm. It's as simple as that. Mm. They will hail him, but you are not handed billions of pounds to win the Premier League that other people have won before, and they are fired. Mm. So kudos to him. He's trying to do the best on the local scene with. The money has been given, but hey, you are hard to win the league, bro. Hmm. Hmm. But player, player of the season and flop of the season. Once we move to our next topic, it's it's really hard to pick um player of the season. Yes, the stats favored um uh, Salah, and I could argue that yeah, he should he should have been named M- M- MVP of of uh, the season instead of it going to uh Kevin De Bruyne, who has been a fantastic player as well, no doubt. Uh, but I, I think yes, it, it has to be between uh, those three: uh, Son, Ingmi Son, uh, Salah, and 
like you rightly mentioned, uh, Kevin DeBrenner as well. And for what uh, Bodhi just said earlier about uh, Pep Guardiola, yes, he should be given all the kudos because, like it or not, he has spent money and so has Manchester United and so has Liverpool as well. So you buying Ferrari and you decide to go into your own, uh, your own uh, um, uh, cash to buy wherever you're buying, Maguire or wherever. I mean, it's nobody's business. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Just fire. <laughs> no, I'm just stating what the facts are now, you know. So everybody has spent money he decided to go. He knows what he's going to go. So I'm just saying that for Pep Guardiola as well. I mean, kudos should be given to him. Winning the Champions League or not, he has won it before. Yes, if he doesn't win it with Manchester City, it doesn't make him a failure. But for the player of the season, like you mentioned, uh, I think it would have to be between those three. It's hard to pick who. Uh, but I think overall, uh, I'm tilting towards my African brother, Mo Salah. Yes. I'm going for human son. Uh, I think he he's done a fantastic job this season. Even clearing up that gap you know, to meet up uh, with respect to the golden boots. I think that's a huge one. Salah went for nations. He went, he went for nation, nation, and nation. And then went for the drought <laughs> after coming back from the Form of the season has to be Borden's former captain, Jack Grealish, 100 million pounds and not not 10 goals, not 10 assists. Is it a four boys 40 if it sure, doesn't start? But they agrees with me. Nah. I don't care about that. I don't care about that. that <laughs> he made you I money. You, you, can, you can say anything you like. My player of the season is Anthony Martinez. It's the player of the season. I don't care what you think. That, that's our player of the season. Anthony Martinez moving on. Yes, Anthony Martinez, my goalkeeper, moving on. Son of the season. <laughs> Only Watkins for not delivering uh, um, after after the premise of, Every, of last season. Everything just has to be as to be. I don't care about any other thing. We know that, all right? <laughs> all right, so a team went 11 years without a title and that just shows you that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. But this light can only shine brightly if you put in the work. Now, this team, I've had to stumble over the last few years, mm. made a few mistakes, mm. uh, a terrible ownership change that promised a new dawn, but which eventually ended to be a huge mirage. Mm. But then, management changed due to whatever financial engineering that led to the first ownership change. But then, these guys hired the right people Hired football people, mm. put them in the background, True. and what happened? They started to build quietly, buying and scouting appropriately across Europe. And we're talking more around than the recent, the champions of Italy, the winners of the Scudetto, AC Milan, for the first time in 11 years, are finally crowned champions of Italy, having put in a yeoman's performance all through the season. Remaining consistent, resilient, and whatever. And I'll take it from this perspective. First, I remember they signed Theo Hernandez, who had failed, didn't do well at Real Madrid, couldn't make it into the team. Um, also had been at Atletico Madrid at some point with his elder brother, Lucas. But once he got to Milan, it was as if a player it was unleashed. Was, yeah. you know, uh, they tried with Ryan, uh, Brian Diaz, a younger young player, would move from Man City to Real Madrid, but didn't cut it. It seemed like a huge gamble, but somehow uh, he didn't hit the he hit the high. Well, he started the game uh, started the season well for them. Yeah, Sandro Tonali had to take a pay cut. Uh, first move in the first season from Brescia, 
Second season decided to be the, the, the loan the loan permanent and then took a pay cut. Had an excellent end to the season. They went ahead and signed Rafael Leal. Who had a really good season the previous year at Lille. Uh, as they went all the way to win the title. What did he do? He stepped it up. MVP of the season. They signed a goalkeeper from Lille as well who won the title the previous year. So, what they've done is they've been very meticulous putting football people, which is what we might say people have been asking for, mm-hmm. putting football people. The job that the likes of Maldini have done in the background, mm-hmm. signing mm-hmm. decent quality, young quality, and sprinkled with the experience of the likes of uh, uh, Oliver Giroud, Zlatan uh, Ibrahimovic, and despite the fact that last season they lost their goalkeeper on a free in Donnarumma who left for PSG and some people felt this was a huge question mark mm. on, for Milan. Mm. And right in middle of the season Frank Kessie also decided he was going to leave to go to Barcelona on a free. Their club captain Romanoni as well also leaving at the end of the season and it seemed like Milan were not, was, there was no coming back from this. Mm. But somehow they found a way. And Sefer finally delivered his first title. Mm. How did Milan do this? How? Where did they find the patience mm. and the resilience? Mm. And note, before they hired Maldini, they were going to hire Rafragnes. Mm. Mm. Um, I have to say kudos to uh, AC Milan. They gave Inter a good fight. A good run for their money. I, I quite tipped uh, Inter Milan to retain their title uh, because they kept the bulk of uh, the team. Uh, only, um, uh, what's his name now? The guy that went to Chelsea, Lukaku left. But then they got in uh, Edin Dzeko. Uh, so he thought Inter were going to be... Of course, they were there and about. Well, and it was they decided. also lost uh, Ashraf Hakimi. Ashraf Hakimi as well, you know. But kudos to AC Milan. Like you mentioned, they got football people in football positions and this is the result we got. You failed to mention uh, Fikao Tomori that they bought from oh, Chelsea yes, as well. Chelsea. Solid defender. Uh, I watched the last game of the season and you could see the way it was jubilating and very excited. Even the coach as well, Stefano Pioli's first uh, title. Uh, all the excitement even for the Milan fans. Uh, <laughs> they are, you, could, you could see the, the uh, their fans came in droves and thousands all the way to uh, Sassuolo and the pitch Erupted at the end of the, uh, you know, of, of, of the match. Olivier Jude as well, that you never thought, I actually thought it was done and, you know, and, you know, but he has come in again this season, proven himself a, a fantastic goal scorer. Uh, Rafael Leao, what a revelation he has been for them, Yemi. Uh, I've watched uh, three assists in that final game as well. Um, they've been really, really fantastic. Yes, Zlatan had injuries and all that, but it was always there at the corner, always, you know, holding them on and shouting at them and, and all that. And uh, a puff of the cigar at the end of, the, of, of, of that game, rightly deserved. So you could say, and one thing again that uh, Real Madrid coach maybe was strange shade that uh, Barcelona, I don't know, that AC Milan, it was congratulating them on winning the, the league and that uh, only AC Milan has been Real Madrid's rival for the past 50 years. And not any other team comes close. Blah blah blah. It was congr- so I, I thought. Yes, it was strange here that uh, you know the I'm team by the other side. But it's good to see that yes, the renaissance of a force that Sessingland has been is coming back to the fore. But then, what what do you think other teams can learn from the meticulous way 
Milan went about their business and, you know, finding their way back to the top. Interestingly, at the start of the season, they had Simeon Carr and uh, Romagnoni more as part of the core of that defense before now having a defense that had a, the center-back pairing of guys that are 23 and 22 mm-hmm. or thereabout. What do you think other teams can learn from Milan's resurgence? It's simple. Um, first off, um, while you can buy the title, you can't build a team that will serve you for years to come because I suspect that this Milan team, given their their um, their the average of their age, they might just have become another force to reckon with. Not only in Italy, but in Europe. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, you, 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 you've got to trust the process. It's as simple as that. Remember, we keep saying that for a lot of successful teams, I think in one of, our, one of the previous episodes, you've got to have players from your academy and you fix with them just from other places. You can't just keep bringing players that have no roots to the club, mm. that have no roots at the club. Mm. Every successful team that we have seen over the past few years in Europe, the core of their team even, even, even if that core is only four or five players, the core of their teams are players that are drawn from the academy. Sure. And in places where those players are not drawn from the academy, they, they, are, they are brought into the team young. Look, what you have done, like you said, the template for how not to rush into anything. They know that they are limited in terms of resources. So they took the long route mm. by quietly assembling players as we now. This team was just assembled in one season. They, they, they kept putting, they, they kept looking for uh, for missing pieces and they kept plugging. And I mean, I, I'm sure that if if if, been, if, anybody, if, if anybody had been uh, at, at the for most of those who are predicting who will win the the the, uh, the, the Syria, not many. Look in the way of Milan. Even if you mention them, it's in passing. That maybe they make a challenge. Mm. But they have thought that they, given what the, what the old lady had done the past two three seasons, they have finished. You have, you have thought that it's in luck. So I think what you can learn is that for those with limited budgets, it's it takes time. Of course, you also get the uh, the the the, 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 the uh, uh, lucky break. Because it's not every time that you have uh, you are patient that gives you what you are looking for. But what it does is that it elevates you near the top where you can see clearly what you need to do next to get to, to the next level. And given the history of facing Milan, they always knew what they had to do. You know. And I think that's an advantage. You mentioned all the great people that are working uh, um, in, the, in, the, in, in the background. They the, 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 the be part of the, of, of the club culture. They knew what the fans wanted, and they've seen so many, uh, so many permutations of how to get to the promised land. They simply picked one, and thankfully, it's worked for them. Interestingly, um, during the course of the season, there were times where it seemed like Milan were going to fall off. Um, there was a period where Milan consistently were winning one nil, one nil, one nil over a period of time, and. I thought to myself, I said, look, how long are you going to be able to sustain this? But I think 
another pivotal player had to be the derby matches against Inter. Because in, in the head-to-head, they had an advantage. Even though Inter had um, <clears throat> this so-called game in hand that had been circling over Inter, mm. everybody felt that, look, that was going to be Inter's chance to to get ahead. But Inter somehow um, lost that. Also, Milan have what they call the Milan Lab. It's a highly revered medical team where somehow they're able to perform miracles with keeping their players fit. Face and all that, yes. That's almost backfired more or less this season because they had a lot of their players injured, like Oslatan, Romagnoli, uh, club captain injured, Sirenaka injured. But somehow they found players that could step step up. Now, going to the next season, there's a temptation to, and I'm, and I'm comfortable, there's a put, when you become successful like this, after you've meticulously planned your way to the top, there's always a temptation to then go overboard. Milano are on, are on their way to receiving new investment, potentially a new um, owner from Bahrain, the investment corp group might be buying into Milan. Can this team be accused or can we say that they might get too comfortable and then go overboard? going to next season, thinking that, look, we've reached that summit, we've won the league, let's go for the Champions League next. Because, hey, after Real Madrid, they're the next team in the, on the roster. Look, Yeni, for, for every team that is in the Champions League, the dream is to win it. And for a team with, uh, like Milan that has European pedigree, I think it is natural that they would think, okay, you know what, we are here now. Let's make the most of it. You never know. Um, and I think uh, the, the word you are looking for is not comfortable, comfortable is that they, are, they get ambitious, overly mm-hmm. ambitious. Because look, what, what's your money in your pocket? You want to spend it. And, 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 and the danger, I agree with you, is to think that, look, this place has gotten us this far. We need to improve on them, improve in quotes. But the thing about it, about it, it, it is that you never know how good some players can be until you put them in certain situations. But the fans are going to be on their cases. The fans are going to be on their case. Agents are going to be on their case. You can be sure of that. Hey, look, I have this player that will help your case. Hey, I have this young player that is developing. That is always going to be a danger. But like you said, I like the fact that they have some old heads working in the background. Hopefully they will trust their instincts. Hopefully they will trust their team. Hopefully they will they will realize that they got to where they were, where they are rather, not by rushing to join the by gang, but by carefully building. And they will set it. They, 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 they will set a course for ascending again the top of, of top of the European game. Look, whether they win this year, next year, or in two years' time, the story is going to be the same. Milan are back at the top of the European game. And I feel, I, I hope they will see that and continue their project the way they, 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 they've gone about it, building it one block at a time. Dora, um, before we segue to another topic, where do you think this Milan team needs improvement? 
attack, obviously, because uh, Olivier Giroud is no as much as he's good in, in you know in the air uh, as a fox on the box. I don't think it's a he, he doesn't give you that pace that you need, and it depends on how he similar plays as well. And you look at the combined age of Giroud and uh, Zlatan that they have as uh, strikers. You know, it leaves a little to be desired. Going into next season, you know other guys are going to come for them. Uh, Inter are going to want to come back. The old lady, you know, they're there as well. And Napoli, I expected Napoli to be there and about as well. But I, I, I'm, I'm sure next season, yes, they might be losing their captain, club, club, um, club captain um, Lorenzo Insigne. That's Napoli now. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. He has been a fantastic um, servant for uh, the uh, Na- Napoleon side. But I, I think um, for AC Milan, they will need to bolster the attack with some pacey attacking forwards, no doubt. Okay, so talking about uh, pacey attacking forwards, let's move and come closer home. Um, last week, we spoke about uh, the appointment of... Uh, a new coach for the Super Eagles, um, the Portuguese, Pesero, who I'm still waiting for his um, uh, opening press conference to introduce himself to the media. And, you know, at the same time... Why hasn't he done that already? That that question is not for me, Demala. The people that own that question will respond <laughs> when the time is right. But what direction... Are we expecting Super Eagles to take on that? And, and that's the irony, you know. We, we're, we're, we're trying to have a conversation now about what, what's the new direction for the Super Eagles mm. on that new management. Mm. But we have not been able to feel the pulse of the manage, of the new manager to understand, you know, what's, what's the plan, you know. Um, new team list came out. Some refreshing, um, names. Some new names, you know, making the team and, 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 and all that. But let me ask Buddy, let's assume we are wiping the slate clean with Persero. What do you want to see differently? What do you see different in the new direction that the Super Eagles might be taking? I think, um, again, let's go back to the basics. Okay, we've, uh, we've argued and we've, uh, we've discussed and we've agreed here that no matter how many great players you have abroad, it's always good to have a home league that can offer something, you know. Uh, because the, the argument of most people has always been that if your best players are abroad, why not play them? Yeah, I agree with that. But you've got to have a home league that can offer something. And by something, I mean, even if you're not making the starting eleven, maybe there are a couple of players that you know from watching them week in, week out on a well-run league. You know that they have the qualities if they are called upon. Because like somebody argued, if you put a decent player in a great team, you will not see his flaws if they are well-drilled. Because, see, football is all about doing the basics. Everything is about basics. Like Kobe Bryant said, the basics are what translates into what you see on the, uh, uh, on the floor that looks magical. So, let us get a home league that is working well. 
So the first thing I want to see is don't let's keep looking outwards. Let us look inwards for once hmm. for what you are looking for. To, to search to search for the things that you need. Let's let's start looking inwards. I'm not saying let's start selecting selecting um, that, that, that Nigerian that's no that's that's not the argument. The argument is let us start in the foundation. Mm. Look, we can be, you can be doing whatever you are doing right now, but let us start building something that's in four or five years. Unfortunately, as it is with with uh, with, with most things like Nigerian sports, in a few months, in a couple of years, you probably have to start with, start all over again. There's no continuity, you know, and that, so that's my fear. But I do feel that the, the, look, let us start something that a new person can come in and say, you know what. I can take it from here and build on it. Interestingly, uh, Maduka Okoye has asked to be excused. Again? Whether I get or not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy mm-hmm. that he asked to be excused because that gives two goalkeepers from the local scene a huge opportunity to stake a claim to that position. Even though Francisco as well has asked to be excused as well. So, Adewale... At the Inca of Aqua United and Ujolo Riki of Aimba have a huge opportunity to uh, lay claim. Yeah, me. Sir. Yeah, me. Let, 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 let me stop you there. Hmm. They can't take any claim, and I'll, and I'll give you an example. Okay. Remember the, remember the World Cup qualifiers against Cameroon, yes. both home and away? Yes. A goalkeeper staked a claim, a hmm. clear, staked <laughs> a clear claim on that position. Hmm. What happened after? We went to look for another goalkeeper from abroad. There, there you go. <laughs> they were, 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 were trying to be positive and you know, looking forward that if these two guys or any of these two guys for the Morocco, for the Mexico and the Ecuador, Ecuador game go out there and have stellar performances, it's one foot in the door, mm. you know, and uh, there will be a bit of a clamor for them to get more frequent, you know, engagement. And of course, in this new list, you have eight home-based players, eight Nigerian players. I don't know if Issa Ali will still get uh, a chance considering the issues that have happened of late. Hmm. Uh, but it's good to see that at least eight players from the MPFL are giving consideration. The ones I'm very happy about are Isaac Rafi and Victor Buama. Um, the goals they scored, and this is the irony, the number of goals they scored, vis-a-vis the number of matches they scored, if you do compare it with the guys abroad, mm. our top scorer abroad is Victor Simen. Victor Simen. And uh, Taouni, you interestingly didn't get mentioned in this list, call, yeah. called up. Surprise the up. goals return ratio is about the same. So whether you're playing at like whether you're playing at home or you're playing abroad, in a team you are put in there and you're able to perform. So I am particularly excited about the likes of Victor Boma and Isaac Raphael. And I hope, I hope, with inverted commas, mm. that they're given the opportunity to show what they can do. Yes, because there are always vested interests of uh, people in high places and agents here and there who want their own players to uh, come and, and play and showcase their talent. But uh, I, I want to believe that Ose Pesero, starting on a new plate, Will, will exert his own authority and what he wants to see. And I'm hoping that this will be a new dawn for Nigerian football 
And this will not just be a one-off thing, inviting home base players. Even if they are not going to start games, at least let them come and be a part of that. If you're having 22 players going for competition, at least five or four of the uh, home-based uh, um, MPFL players should be in the squad. It does a whole lot for the league because you see them jostling. I mean, the MPFL players jostling to want to be a part and parcel of the Super Ego. So it's a welcome development. Uh, we, we hope to see that in the forthcoming friendlies, these guys will be given uh, valuable time to show us what it is they can do. I, I really don't know much about, about the coach. He comes with a very impressive CV, so to say. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say something I saw uh, in the last match, uh, Manchester City and uh, Aston Villa. After City had gone to down, you saw the way the captain of the day on, on the day, um, Kevin De Bruyne. See, stuff like that. If you don't have it, you don't have it. You, you could see the intensity. Even the third goal that they scored against Villa, you could see that it was forced to the ball after the loose ball came. And three Villa players were just standing. These things are not what, you know, it should be imbibed in, in... Some people have it, some people just don't. I'm expecting to see... I think it's only see me I say that justice for the ball so much and demands for the ball in the Eagle. If you have three, four players like Osime who are always demanding and always running and always pressing... I think the, the eagle will, you know, they'll come through. So these are things I'm hoping to see. Changes I'm, hope, I'm hoping to see that the coach will put forward in this Super Eagles going forward. But uh, do you think it's about time we move away from Mamed Musa? Keeps popping up in, on the list. And, Federal character. Know, I'm not so sure he's had the greatest or, or the best of seasons. Is it about time we move, uh, we move on from him? I'm beginning to think there's something that that we are missing as as far as I'm is concerned. Um, remember that he, he had the honor of becoming the first home base player to captain the national team in recent times. Uh, I remember that time that he, that he was clubless and he came home to play for I think Carlos Carlos yes, and he, and he was called up despite uh, uh, the coach telling us that no player look. I feel that if there ever is a chance for us to take a break from the past, mm. yeah. this is it. If there's one thing that General Troll at least did was that he brought a lot of young players into the team, and I think we should consider that in that in that part. Right now, we are we are um, we are the crossroads of something, and I do feel it's time for us to move on. Unfortunately, but unfortunately. We always feel that qualification for the next tournament yeah. is all, it's a must. <laughs> and that is, and that is, that is a problem and therein lies the danger. As long as you have that, you think, oh, we need some players to qualify. Mm. What you need are players that will grow with the team to become the force that we all want or we all know they could be. And we won't, we won't get that team if we keep introducing players that should have been moved on. I know there's always the, uh, the danger that, hey, that you move on players too too quickly. Yeah, look at other places where yeah, they play this that is this old CP national team. That may be true, but if the policy is that look, because I remember clearly when they said look for us to for us to play in, in the Spy Goals, well, he must be playing for at least a top team in Europe. When that, beca- when that became impossible, okay, that, <laughs> must be that time was become loosely used. Mm. Yes, and, and then it becomes it was, it was the play regularly. And then when that was it feasible anymore to, to make sure that some, some players are there. 
you must be experienced, you must have some experience with the team because we, we trust him. We keep we keep moving the, the yardstick because of certain players. No, no, we keep moving the yardstick for some players, you know. Others will not get to looking if they are in the same situation as Ahmed Musa. Ahmed Musa, don't get me wrong. Ahmed Musa has done a fantastic job for, for, for Nigeria. Yes, yeah. And we, we celebrate him. Yes. But it's time to move on because we have other players who can do better jobs given the chance. Give you the chance. Mm. Uh, so this has just another opportunity and uh, hopefully he gets more of a run in the team as against the last time. Mm. Well, that's our show for today. Final episode of the season. Thank you very much to everybody that's downloaded, that's shared, that's commented, that's rated. Thank you so much. We'll take a short break and then we'll be back uh, subsequently to sign the fourth season. We're growing gradually and we're heading Full steam ahead to our 100th episode of the Sports 360 podcast. If you're not following us on social media, follow us at Sports 360 pod underscore on Twitter and at Sports 360 pod on Instagram. My name is Daddy Emerson. Make sure you rate, like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you, Demola. And thank you, buddy. Thank you very much for having me. See you next season.